Welcome to We Grow California with your hosts, Darcy Villery and Darcy Burke, a safe place where we discuss water, agriculture, and everything that makes California grow. We have guests from those who just drink water to those that make water policy, all passionate about the water issues that face all Californians today. Join the conversation by liking, subscribing, and visiting our website, wegrowcalifornia.com. Let's get the conversation started. Welcome back, everyone. Darcy and I have a Darcy and Darcy episode. And this is one of my favorite topics. But in conversation, Darcy and I realized that um, there was some information that he might be interested in learning. And so we thought you might be interested in learning, too. So although it's kind of a geeky topic, today we're going to talk about floral alcohol substances, also known as PFAS. Yeah, you've brought this up when we've talked a little bit on camera or on camera on when we're <laughs> recording, but also you just we've talked about it off uh, when we're not recording. And when you Google something like PFOS and the term forever chemicals show up, um, it makes you wonder. And I, I thought it would be fun for, you know, just for any of our listeners to learn more about it, because everything is very top level and you have a lot of direct experience with this on your board and working on this issue. So if you want to I was thinking. Because I'm just going to basically, it's a Darcy and Darcy, but I don't know anything about this, really. Well, that's Not, good. Then you so can ask questions. And, and how about we start with that is my plan. what it is, uh, where it came from, and where you find it. Right? So it's yeah, not, not just in, in drinking water. About it. So if we're doing about it as a as a country, because it's everywhere, it is everywhere. And I'm going to tell you just how much the concentration is everywhere, because I think that's important to keep in perspective when you look at regulations for drinking water and ultimately what I will believe will be wastewater. I also believe that the USDA will not be far behind the EPA in finding some way to regulate it in in agriculture. So I think it's definitely a topic that. This will be the beginning, but I don't think it's a topic that's going to go away anytime soon. What is PFOS? And I'm looking at an article I found. PFOS, P- PFO, and I really appreciate this one as as a bordering member of it, Gen X. Gen X. Whatever that is, I guess, <laughs> which is thanks. But, you know, moving on. <laughs> so, to all the Gen Xers out there, I guess, sorry. It's, it's another thing that's Gen Xers fault. But anyway. Well, I guess we could say that, but it's actually not. It's been around 70 years. So all those different compounds that you refer to, PFOA, Gen X, there's over, I think they said like 21,000 different types of PFOS out there. It's it's an immense. So really what I have learned since we've been dealing with it at my water district for the last three years is there's long chains and short chains, and it really doesn't matter. Right. It what it really is is where do you find it and how did it get there? Getting into the technical stuff, I don't think will help anybody. I can give people some uh, resources on our page if they want to learn more into the technical water quality part of it. But generally speaking, PFOS is is a man made chemical. It's been around for seventy years, and you find it in things like nonstick cookware, waterproof. Yeah, that's the one I've definitely heard the most about. That it's back when everything was Teflon, and Teflon's amazing. Teflon is amazing, right? Until it's not. Except, yeah, (laughs) like many things. Like like many, many things. So you find it in carpet. You find it in dust. You find it in air. Um, For those that wear makeup, it's in foundation. It's in lipstick. It's in mascara. These are things we put into, like we have, they they put it into it. Right. Or is this just, it floats, like you said, it's in the air. It gets floated and onto it. It's actually part of the product, the final product of the things you just Correct. described. Correct. So right? their source materials probably contain it. Okay. And so 
there's been a lot of discussion, you know, if you're a manufacturer of something, you may buy a base chemical and it may come from someone, I'm just going to use 3M in my example today. Um, and so you use that as part of what you're manufacturing unbeknownst to you. Yeah. I was going to say, is it like they've at, intentionally added it or it's just, well, I don't know the, the history of it's interesting to me. It's like, it's just, it's man-made, but then it made its way into other stuff. And then through the process, it just keeps getting back into, it's now worked its way through the production food chain of ever, all these different things. Of, of everything. Wow. So I think the only thing I know for sure that it has, is purposely put in, and I think it still is, is fire fighting foam on like ships mm -hmm. because it is instantaneous. So you'll see a lot of PFOS um, contamination near and around like any type of military base that used firefighting foam in the past. Mm -hmm. And there's been a, a lot of conversation. So let's just, I'm going to use my water district because it's the easiest example and it's public information. Yeah. And it's the one you've worked the most on. So, the, you know, right. Yeah, and, I, and I do work on this uh, at the US EPA local government advisory committee. This has been a huge topic of conversation and our comments were included back to the secretary of the EPA, um, based on some of the things that I was able to share, because literally I was the only one in the room that had actually dealt with the treatment of it, as well as the ongoing sampling of it and, and just really the cost. So it's believed to be that this, these types of compounds can cause cancer mm -hmm. and they're literally everywhere. So you're breathing it right now, whether you know it or not. Right. So, but drinking water is regulated. Yeah. So we don't really regulate air quality as it pertains well, to indoor air quality. Well, in the sense quality. of, right, it's like, yeah, yeah, we're not, I mean, we, it's, it's definitely very different. It's obviously water they've gotten very, very tough on, but air quality is still like fought over and debated constantly, you know? And right. like, how do you stop something that's already there? Do you set up giant filters to suck it out of the air or something, which is, you know. Well, then you get to the part where we're challenged, like, so you take it out and then what do we get to do with it? But for yeah. us, we, we believe our, we, we have groundwater wells and we have surf, a surface water reservoir. Our surface water reservoir is the only surface water reservoir in the state of California that has PFAS contamination. Do, do you mean by contamination? Because since it's everywhere, you mean like at a level that makes you, yeah, we definitely can't use this. So we've taken it offline for two years already, almost three. Oh, wow. Because our, our levels are 20 parts per trillion. So let's talk about this technical parts per trillion, parts per million, parts per billion. I like to tell people for parts per million, think of one drop in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Mm -hmm. When you think parts per billion, think of one drop in the Rose Bowl if the Rose Bowl was full of water. And for trillion, I want you to think of one teaspoon of water in the Great Salt Lake. And yet... That's too high. That's too high. You know, see what I'm saying? Like that's too, it's right. And and not in a way where you're saying like, oh, this is silly. It's like, no, no, that's really too, it's not, it's scary enough. So right now the technology allows you to detect to four parts per trillion. And when the EPA came out with their maximum contaminant level mm -hmm. behind the state of California, by the way, California led this effort at least three years ago when they came out with five parts per trillion and then the EPA, I don't know if they want to one-up each other or not, came up with four. And that that number is significant. So for some people, they want zero. Zero is unaffordable. Well, I'm going to give you some numbers here in a minute. That's just is it doable even well, beyond affordable? You wouldn't know because we can't that? detect to zero. Okay. And is the EPA setting that level because now they to can four. detect down to four? So they're like, okay, because the goal is obviously if you could do zero, you would do zero. Except but... the cost to get to zero is obscene. 
absolutely obscene. We wouldn't even know if he got right to now, zero you anyway. You would have no right? idea. So yeah. when you look at, um, let's take water-resistant outerwear. Like if you you snowboard or snow ski, you have water-resistant outerwear. There are some high-end brands that have taken PFOS out, but most of them haven't. Mm-hmm. Right? It's still one of the things that keeps water-resistant, water-resistant. Yeah. Well, so I mean, when we say a forever it, right? chemical, there's nothing in nature that naturally degrades it or decomposes it or anything like that. So to treat this in water, one, you have to remove it kind of like you had said that air filter. Mm-hmm. So you remove it through, we have found granulated activated carbon works ideally in our groundwater wells. It's the first step in our surface water well, but it doesn't get to the level we need in our surface water. So we also have to add an ion exchange resin. Now I know I'm getting really water nerd techie here, um, but it, it, but it's basically a different set of processes that then removes the, the PFOS out to a level that is compliant. But then you have all this granulated activated carbon that's absorbed the PFOS. Yeah, it's loaded with PFOS basically, right? Now it's loaded, so, right? So what do you do with it? So right now the way it works is the manufacturer, the filter media has to take that back. Yeah, then, then what do they do with it? I'm sure they incinerate it. <laughs> so wait, here's a question then. After, can you, because I know, for instance, uh, you know, the EPAs, back to them for a second, you know, they, they have requirements for, I mean, they, how hot do they have to burn this stuff to make it, to, to destroy it, right? Because that's why um, we've got tier four engines, you know, there's the requirement that like we've, we've having to go from tier zero, no tier basically to tier four engines on tractors to burn the particulate matter to have cleaner air and what we're doing, you know, agriculture, and a number of other things, including, you know, uh, semi trucks and stuff like that. So do you know how hot or hard or long they have to burn this stuff to make it to break down to whatever the heck I guess it was before it became PFOS? I do not know that. I do know that it's. <laughs> it must be pretty, pretty hot. I it mean, has I to be really hot. I assume the EPA knows what it is. Well, I'm sure right? that if I and called our water quality guru, he would tell me how hot it has to be in order to do that. Right? Yeah, that's. But we, I assume otherwise they wouldn't. T- oh, yeah, we're taking it back and doing nothing. It's like or yeah, just no. now we're putting it. It's like, guys, well, now you, what? What's the next you step? Can't, you can't, you can't do put that it, anymore. You can't put it anywhere, right? Yeah. So in, in our case, the what we we call the effluent from our drinking water treatment plant mm-hmm. it'll basically the part the water the the used water that has a high concentration of this um will go into our wastewater plant okay well which leads to another issue yeah. right because now you have the biosolids that it will adhere to mm-hmm. and then you basically have the same thing one of the things that's really important right now is this is during the EPA's public comment period for this ruling so to give you an idea when California came out with five parts per trillion through a number of very affordable treatment techniques and technologies, we were able to meet that five with a lot of, without a lot of additional expense, Mm -hmm. right? That's not necessarily for our surface water treatment, but for like 17 of our wells that works when you change it, the concentration level wasn't so it wasn't as high. Right, It it was far below the notification level and definitely way below the response level. Okay. When you get to four, that changes. We can no longer use those affordable technologies and techniques to do that. So now each one of those 17 wells has to have treatment put on it. So the granulated activated carbon cost just went through the roof and granulated yeah. activated carbon for for our listeners that don't know it comes from coconut hulls that we ship over from Africa 
And um, I think a few... Wherever coconuts come from, is it all from Africa? Mo- mostly from, from Africa. Is there a major exporter? M- major okay. exporter. I think yeah. something in the future we need to talk about is uh, I'm very fortunate to have a very smart friend who is working with an almond processor that we both know in the Central Valley mm-hmm. to try and make granulated activated carmine out of almond shells. So that would be local. It would be another way we can have um, byproducts or uh, co-products with our almonds. Co-products, co-products. yes. That's what, uh, yeah. I mean, you're turning a byproduct or a waste product into, into a co-product. It's right, a so huge thing in agriculture. Turning the yeah. co-product and then using it to help remove contamination from water. But the, I think the real thing that people need to know is where did it come from? So you have yeah. these manufacturers that have made this these chemical compounds for 70 years. They put it in a variety of things. So let's just, you know, say that you are a um, uh, a manufacturer of lipstick. You didn't know there's PFAS in there. So, you know, you put it out in the marketplace and and for however long and your consumers ingest it. Because basically, if you have lipstick on, you're going to ingest some of it. And then there's a health impact. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the manufacturer is the responsible party here or the person that put the PFAS in the raw materials in which you make lipstick. But I think the manufacturer of the chemical itself, those that make PFAS, the family thereof, have to share some financial responsibility in this because it's too expensive to clean up. In the state of Minnesota, they just did an assessment. What would PFAS removal cost in the state mm-hmm. of Minnesota for wastewater only? This is not drinking water. 14 to $26 billion. That's just... That's a big number yep, for that, the whole state? That's just Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. I wonder what that comes. What is that per person? That's got to be pretty. That's got to be pretty expensive, right? And, and that's like an annual thing, then I assume. Well, right? you're going to have part of that's going to be annual because the the granulated activated carbon and the resin are not inexpensive treatment options, right? They're mm-hmm. energy intensive, and then you have to deal and dispose with what's left over. I think the interesting part, though, is if you look at 3M, and I'm going to call them out because they just settled a lawsuit and they awarded or or settled for 10.3 billion dollars in this lawsuit that doesn't even touch the state of minnesota let alone the other 49 states but i also think what's important is if you look at the last few years uh last year their net profit was 14.9 billion and the year before 16.56 billion They've already done dividends yeah. this year twice at a dollar fifty per share, and they have over five hundred and fifty-one million shareholders or shares out there. So, this is not really even a financial blip on their on their radar. Not really, yeah. You know, radar. But when you look at what this does to a small community who's well contaminated, not yeah. if anything they did right, how this may impact agriculture. If you guys have to stop monitoring your um, irrigation water to see what that impact is on food. Yeah. That's huge to give you, you know, no, we, absolutely. We, we budgeted $180,000 this year just for PFAS sampling. It's 1200 to $1,800 per sample. That's crazy. I, I would hope that there's ways to get cheaper on this stuff because I know our little, you know, little water district I live in now they've got all the, those requirements that just keep coming in and it's, it's, I'm, it's hard, right? You, you complain about the expense, but it's like, yeah, but do you want to drink that water? Do you prefer to just not know and then just let stuff, let it go? It's, you know, I mean, so in terms of the 
the cancer causing aspect of this thing. It's like, is it how they, they say that about everything? How clear a line is there on PFOS? You know what I mean? Because if there is, then why? Like I said, we're still using it because it's they can't find a replacement for it. But is or if there... they have, I, I'm afraid of what that replacement might do, too. I, I well, think... yeah. You, it's really it's like, are we important. gonna go back to go if you're gonna go out in winter we're gonna so what you're saying maybe this is an impact on agriculture it's like oh good well maybe we'll all start wearing wool more go back to wearing wool coats oh that's, there you go hey it's warm hey. it's great when it, that's in boy scouts i was always in it's like hey remember wear your wool x because that's what everybody used in winter before you came out with you know the new synthetic stuff that's apparently giving us all cancer so you know there there's a very prescribed process in the safe drinking water act on how this happens yeah there is a national uh, drinking water advisory council that lists all the potential mm-hmm. uh, contaminants of concern they call it and then they they study that for a number of years before it moves on to okay we need to to include this in what we call a UCMR process where everybody's going to that's picked is going to sample for these things and we can see concentrations and frequency and all that good stuff from there they do what they used to do is a real life health impact mm-hmm. so they would monitor sample populations for contaminate that have been exposed to this contaminant to see what the real health impacts are. Yeah. Now they model that in computers, which I'm not saying is wrong, but it's very different than the complexity of a human individual. So yeah, I, I had asked, imagine that's cheaper too, though. You know what I mean? If they're just kind of like sitting there and well, modeling it, otherwise it's, it's like you get to go take blood samples of a whole community for right? how long. And, exactly. Right. It's, it's cheaper, but is it, better science you know the hard part of it is and I, i'm not always a fan of government but it's like you ever notice everybody gets upset when they do something and they also get upset when they don't do something oh yes as an elected having... official i think we both know yeah, that <laughs> exactly it is a constant road of you know it's a constant trolley experiment and and so to this end if they're favoring that i think are people gonna like you said it, it'd be funny if they come in and 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 say eventually it's like well it's too expensive to do it's like I, then I guess, well, we gave you the information and we did it and this is what we tracked. It's like, I don't know. How long do you want to wait before they move on it? Well, and, and, and it and is a process. the modeling I, helps, I, right? I'm not disagreeing. It has been a process for a long time. I think there's a combination of both that actually make for better science yeah, than yeah. just a no, computer. I wouldn't say stop doing real world. Well, they kind of have. Yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's, then that's a me, problem. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, when you look at the difference between five to four, I just asked, What's the cost benefit of lives, right? So if you're telling me yeah. millions more are going to be saved by four than five, then I'll figure this out. If you can't tell me the Delta and you picked four just to beat out California, who was at five? Yeah, then I have a problem. I have a problem yeah, I, I don't like that kind of political <laughs> brinksmanship or, and things like that. And like, you know, I, I want stuff to make sense or be justifiable. And, you know. Is, is it because the new sampling can go down to four and the goal is zero? Then, okay. But if it's five, if you can test to five and they, you know what I mean? It's things like that. It's yeah, like, are you there's got to be a benefit, right? There's got to be a benefit be- and it's got to be realistic and reasonable, you know? Because we, we can't just hand out money to every community water system that has this problem because there's just not enough money. And for the very first time, the EPA also made this uh, national primary drinking water proposal for a hazard index, mm-hmm. which means it's like a super fund. So, you know, when I look at this, I say manufacturers pay, mm-hmm. not consumers. Well, I mean, that's the th- right. You make the manuf- it goes through the manufacturer. Eventually, the consumer pays for it. But yeah, I think up front, the responsibility lies with them. 
Absolutely. I mean, to to make sure things are, like you said, checking their own supply chain. You can't expect the consumer to be checking it. If they pay the thing, it's like, well, then the, the supplier is just going to ignore it. You know what I mean? It, it like, right. Yeah. No, they absolutely should be. And they need to get better about this stuff, you know? As someone who's constantly, as a small farmer, adding in these other right. layers of checking these things, it's like, yeah, man, big company, go ahead and please. You need to get on top of this stuff. I mean, don't you care about your consumers? You I know? think the irony for me was when we had to add ion exchange to our pilot plant to actually get the PFOS to a level that was below mm-hmm. notification or even... Um, I think that's a term to you, like detection. Well, that's the thing, right? Below and the difference here. I don't think we've explained it yet. Difference oh. between below notification and below detection. What are those two things? So, if you can detect it, obviously it's a detected level. Mm-hmm. When the state comes out with their um, levels of contamination, they come out with two: notification and response. Notification means you've hit this number. And if you hit this number, you have to notify every elected official in your service area that hmm. you've hit this, this level and you have to do it annually. Response level means you can't, you have to respond. You have to put treatment out there. You have to do something. Yeah. Okay. It's not just notifying. So for Canyon Lake, the lake, our surface water reservoir, we're, we're at response. Yeah. yeah <laughs> clearly, above, yeah. Right. Yeah. So we went from a $28 million upgrade for our plant to almost 60 million overnight. Oh my God. Yeah. So, you know, my, and my, my customers have to pay for that. Yeah. Right. So for some of my customers, it's no big deal. They don't even open their water bill for other areas. We serve. That's, that's a huge burden. Yeah. That's a huge lift for them. Right. So it's, it's becoming just unaffordable. Yeah. Which when you look at, you know, trying to make water affordable for all for us, you know, a typical water wastewater bill in my division is for a family of four is about one hundred and seventy dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, for depending on the community, especially in my community, that's a lot of money. That can be that's a lot of money, and it's a lot of money for some in my community. You know, a good chunk of percentage so, of your income at the end of the month. You know, so to have a, a manufacturer still give out you know dividends already, both first and second quarter this year, yeah. and be on track to make fifteen billion dollars and a settlement of 10 billion over 70 years of contamination. It's a little difficult to stomach. It's, you know, it's tough when you get to this point with these things in a, in a sense, it's like so many manufacturers are responsible. It's almost, it, I hate to compare it to things like that, but you know, it's like they say the death of, <laughs> was it they say the death of a, a single person's a tragedy, a, a genocide is a statistic and or yep. a, a million is a statistic. And I know it's also a genocide. I'm just saying it's like, right. it, it gets to that. And it's like, once it hits the, okay, it's a statistic. And now how do you, but either thing needs some kind of repair. And it's like you said, right. you go get 3M. How do you get the rest? I don't think it should stop anything from going on. It just sounds like maybe the, there needs to be some fee or, or something that, that is placed upon them by the U S government to say, okay, now to do this, everybody that potentially has this in here now has to pay this. So that we can get this cleaned up, you know what I mean, or some sort. Of, there, I know I'm not supposed to be proffering money. concepts. It's just like, right. well, then, it, then I guess it's one of those <laughs> we just sit there and leave. It. I don't know. It's it's tough. You know, from That's a, a business model, I, I I have to give 3M credit because they and some of the other manufacturers of PFAS have also bought up all the ion exchange resin manufacturers. Oh, so they did. Not only do I have They're to pay to take and the contaminant going. out, I have to pay them for my solution. But I mean, that's what I said. They're making it coming and going. It's, you know, 
Yes. Wow. What a business. What a business to be in. From a business model, it's, you know, brilliant. Well, but... it's selling the sickness and selling the cure. Right? <laughs> like exactly. It's, 100%. It's you know, I, I don't, I haven't paid attention, unfortunately, Darcy, to our time. But I do want to comment that if people are interested in making a comment about PFAS, either, you know, that it needs to be good science, that manufacturers need to pay. The EPA actually has their comment period open till August 11th. So that that's something new. They had moved it from April to August because of it was such a huge impact of comments. Yeah, I can imagine. And and every voice matters. I know people think, oh, if I if I write in or say something, it's not going to matter. It does matter. It really does matter. This is a collective process. And in the absence of anybody responding, then silence is acceptance. Well, do you want to tell them where to find the way to comment or? Yes. And I'll, we'll put it, the link on our, on our um, podcast page, but it's uh, usepa.gov slash PFAS, P-F-A-S. Wow. It's so big. It's, it's really important simple. enough to have its own list. That's <laughs> just maybe to me an internet speak. It's so important. It's like, it's not a long list. It's usepa nope. or sorry, epa.gov slash P-F-O-S. Wow. A- okay. P-F-A-S. P-F-A-S. Sorry. Oh. Yes. I'm looking at the, still looking at the article. Yeah, there's P-F-A-S. many choices. PFAS, PFOA, Gen X. Or as I find you know, most when... things, just Google it. EPA comment. Yeah. <laughs> That's even <P-F-A-S>. better. <laughs> Have I answered some of your questions today, Darcy? You've answered some and just created more as usual. So it's it works for me. That's how I like to live. You know, <laughs> get things answered, get you more curious. You go look for more answers. Well, hopefully we'll have some comments on this and we can, um, on our next question, comment and response, we can answer them. And um, hopefully people are just more aware. Yeah, no, I hope so. Well, this has been Darcy Villa with my guest, Darcy Burke, talking about PFAS <laughs> on the Weaker California Darcy. podcast. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Till next time. Till next time. You've been listening to a We Grow California podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer or would be interested in being a guest, please check out our website, wegrowcalifornia.com. Sound and audio engineering provided by postandjam.com. <laughs>